I want to hear the different languages. The kids are yelling. At you. Okay, I would say, for example, okay, gang up, gang up, uh, goal, goal. My friend would to say, send me the ball. Would say in his language, gaba, gayo, et puis, uh, and then see, I'm speaking French already. Another one will say, you know, can you pass me the ball, or maybe say something, you know, that is is angry. These kids are playing a game of soccer, the lingua franca of sports that countries all over the world understand. But here in the African country of Cameroon, a pickup game of soccer is where children can also pick up other languages. I'm four years old, and in the neighborhood you have children whose parents speak different Cameroonian languages. Now, I want to play with each of them. So we'll use uh, the leaves of a banana tree to make the ball, and then <laughs> we will play that on the street. So I have to go and ask this person's mother is such and such at home, and can the person play with me? So that means that you have to speak different languages as you're moving. So each of my friends will be speaking their own language. That was what, how you picked up. They picked up on my language, I picked up on theirs, and that's how it was. Can this relaxed way of speaking more than one language someday be how it is in America, too? I'm Steve Levine, the founder of America the Bilingual. Joining me today is Mim Harrison, our editorial and brand director. Hi, Mim. Hi, Steve. And in this episode, we'll speak with three Africans that you met when you were at the 2018 Conference of ACTFL. Yes, the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Languages. All three of these teachers teach here in America. And for all three, speaking more than one language is as natural as kicking a soccer ball. We've just met one of the three, Martin Femeni. Martin teaches French at Woodgrove High School in Virginia. I asked him how many languages he speaks. I speak English, French, Spanish. I speak around six other Cameroonian languages. Martin is part of a country that the linguist Gaston Dorn calls a hotspot of linguistic variety. I learned that in his book called Babel, Around the World in 20 Languages. He says that Cameroon has about 250 different languages, and that's in a country that's just slightly larger than California. It's not because I'm more intelligent than other people. This is what happened when we were little, my friends in the neighborhood spoke, all spoke different languages. Our parents did not speak French or English or whatever because they had never set foot in a school. So in order for me to play with my friends, it was a must to learn their language. Or as Gaston says about Africans, when daily life throws a new language at them, people are unfazed and willing to learn it. They may not function proficiently, like high-level proficiency, but they have the basics. One thing that helps, according to Gaston, is that most of Africa's languages don't have the kind of, quote, language police that some major European ones do. 
So when Africans learn a language, he says it's not so much that they take a course in it, they just start talking. It turns out that most Africans don't talk in two languages, but three. They start with their dialects, and then they learn whatever is the primary language of that country, and then they learn another language in school. We have this lingua franca. That's Elvis Edo, a French teacher at Natchez High School in Mississippi. He's also from Cameroon and speaks two of the country's languages. We have too many languages for people to actually understand one another well. So we have this lingua franca, this pigeon, that we use up to the point where we go to school. I asked Elvis if this pigeon was a combination of two languages. It's a variation of English. It's some kind of simplified way of speaking English. I asked for an example. If I wanted to say I'm being interviewed by Steve right now, say today, uh, Steve, the interview me. You see, there are English words. Yeah, they, every, people understand that. Yeah. Or I could say, Steve, they ask me questions then. But why a variation of English rather than French? Before the First World War, Cameroon was a German territory colonized by the Germans. And so after, when, of course, you know, uh, when Germany lost the First World War, of course, the spoils of war was Cameroon being handed over to Britain and France. And so it got to a point where a part of Cameroon, the part where I come from, was under British trusteeship, and the French part was under French rule or some, something like that. And so Martin's part of Cameroon ended up speaking French, and my part of Cameroon spoke English. French is a language which was brought to Africa during colonial time. So as much as it is an important language internationally, we needed to promote an African language for the purpose of communication in Africa. So if we don't develop African languages, it means we are losing the culture of the people. That's Jeffred Osoro. He teaches Swahili at Wellesley College in Massachusetts. Jeff Fred is from Kenya rather than Cameroon. He also speaks three languages. My native language is Kisi. I was born in Kisi, where people speak Kisi. And then the national language is Swahili, whereby that is the, the language that unifies people as a nation. And then English is the language of education. In his book, Gaston puts the number of native Swahili speakers at 15 million people, but he says that 135 million people speak it. It is the most widely spoken language in Africa, and it is the language of trade, the, like it's a lingua franca spoken in many countries of Africa. You know, Steve, you and I know a couple of words in Swahili. Yeah, lay them on me. Kwanzaa is one. The African-American holiday. And what does it mean? It means first fruit. What's the other word? Remember the lion in Lion King? His name was Simba, which is Swahili for lion. I asked Jeffred why students at Wellesley wanted to study Swahili. He told me about some research opportunities the students have that require the language, but he thinks that there's another reason, too. You know, people now want to open up and uh, see the world from a different perspective. And to learn what other people do, you need to get into their language, their worldview, the way they constructed their reality, which is found in their languages. 
and few places will have more diverse worldviews than Africa. The majority of the languages in the world are spoken in Africa. So the estimate is that around 2,000 plus languages are spoken in Africa, and they are spoken by many people. He also told me an old African proverb about languages. When a person dies, an older person when he dies, it's like a library has died. Because most of our languages have been oral, they have not been documented. So most of the knowledge is in the people, especially the elders. And yet, linguists like Gaston don't believe that these African languages will die in part because Africa has embraced what he calls an extensive linguistic menu. And because, as Jeffords says, there are many people, and not just a few, who speak the languages. So for a language spoken by that large number of people to die is very difficult. If a language has less than like a thousand speakers, it is an endangered language. But the languages with millions of people, or even thousands, is not easy to die. So, Steve, it seems that Africa has found a way to accommodate both the languages that came into their countries from Europe, especially English and French, and their own heritage languages. So rather than language being a question of either or, it's why not all? And that is, in essence, our vision at America the Bilingual, to be a country where English is spoken everywhere in America, but where all the languages that make up America's heritage also have a voice. Knowing English for anyone in the modern society is important because English has become a global language. So as much as we want to keep our languages, the world has become like one, connected, like a village. So we need a language for common communication, for wider communication. But still... These other languages are not dying soon. People have to know their language. The America the Bilingual podcast is part of the Lead with Languages campaign of ACTFUL, the American Council on the Teaching of Foreign Languages. This episode was written by Mim Harrison. Fernando Hernandez does our sound design and mixing. Our social media maestro is Carolyn Dowdy. Graphic arts are created by Carlos Plaza Design Studio. Becky Rankin is associate producer of the podcast. Music in this episode, Quasi-Motion by Kevin McLeod, was used with a Creative Commons attribution license. Our thanks to Epidemic Sound for helping us make beautiful music together. If you like this episode, please share with a friend and subscribe on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts and check us out on Facebook. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. For America the Bilingual, this is Steve Levine. (laughs) 